times. That's always, always too far. Don't do that. There we go. Well, hey, I'm I'm excited um, about the I'm excited about today. I had a great day. I hope you had a great day. Um, I have two grown daughters. Um, they are part of the boomerang generation. If you don't know what that means, and you don't have kids that have grown up, it means they move away and they come back, and they move away and they come back, and they move away. But it was such a blessing to hang out with my daughters um, this weekend and stuff. And we had family and all kinds of stuff, and it was so much fun. And I was thinking yesterday that, um, man, we have traveled um, probably to like 27 different countries. We've, we've lived all over the world. I've, I've been involved in ministry um, for 30 years and, and, and doing all kinds of stuff. But the greatest accomplishment I have are my daughters. Um, and so I, there's no greater privilege than, and than being a dad. Um, and so I'm excited tonight because we're, that's what we're going to talk about. But ladies, don't worry about that. It's not you're just going to have to sit there and just go like, oh, just don't fill his head with big stuff. It's, he's hard enough to handle now. <laughs> but um, this this applies to all of us because it's so important how we live our life. Because I, I just want, I want you to know some that no matter what anybody says or what anybody thinks, you are the greatest influence on your kids. Um, you are the number one spiritual influence on your kids. Um, it, it's not pastors. It, it's not. We're like eighth or ninth and stuff. It is every poll that's ever been taken. Parents have always come number one, um, and that's why um, we like kids being in here with us every so often. That's why you know we shut down for Father's Day, no children stuff, so the kids are here. By the way, if you want to color, we have coloring pages. Adults, you can. Yes, Jimmy, you can color too if you really have to. If that helps you pay attention, but. Um, <laughs> Um, but it's important how we live. I love Dwight L. Moody, one of my favorite old preachers, um, said, A man ought to live so that everybody knows he is a Christian, and most of all, his family ought to know. Um, it, it is really, really important because what we pass down to our to our kids is what they're, they're going to see. We, we are the ones that pass down our faith. And dads, I just think it's so important what we do. Um, I, I think I think fatherhood is under attack. In our culture, and, and I think it's being pushed to the side, and and and, and it just it's it's lost kind of the glamour and what, the importance of what it has always been. And so tonight, I, I want us to challenge this because I think the greatest thing that any dad could ever hear is when his kid says, "That's my dad." That that's my dad. And so um, tonight, if you have your Bibles, turn to First Corinthians 16. We're going to be sitting there and jumping around. If you don't have Bibles, we have them. If you don't own one, take one. If you have a tablet, you have a phone, whatever thing, you can follow us. If you have the Faith Life app, you can actually, it will turn the pages for you and everything. That's kind of crazy, but but um, but that's where we're going to sit tonight. And, and I hope you are encouraged, but at the same time, I hope we're challenged um, to walk out of here. Um, it makes no sense to stand up here and preach every single Sunday if it doesn't translate in what we're doing out there. Um, and I believe all my heart. If everything is that if we're not the church out there, we'll never be the church in here. And so my heart tonight is that we're challenged and encouraged, but we're challenged and encouraged to do stuff out there um, in the world and people around. So let's pray and then let's dive in. Father God, we just thank you so much um, for tonight. God, again, we thank you for dads. God, we thank you that you are a good father, that you are the model. Um, God, you are the standard. And God, we thank you for your grace. Um, Because none of us, none of us get it right all the time. And so tonight, God, I just pray that you would just that you would encourage us, God, that you would challenge us. Um, God, all of us, moms and dads and, and, and kids and students and all of us, God, just challenge us to live and to be the people that you've called us and created us to be. Father, may it be your words that are spoken and not mine. God, only your words matter. Only your words are the ones that make a difference. So, God, hide me 
and you speak. God, have your way with us tonight. Encourage us, challenge us, God, and move us to action. God, give us ears to hear and hearts to respond. We pray it all in Jesus' name. Amen. So, like I said, um, that's my dad. I mean, that's just a great thing to do. But you've ever heard the phrase, success breeds success? You know, that if something's successful, then it breeds success. And I think, and, and, and I think this goes along in the families also. Because the truth is, is our kids need good dads. It, it is an epidemic worldwide. I, I was looking up some statistics and stuff. And this is just a few of them. And, and they're depressing. It says here, the, U, the U.S. Department of Health indicates that 63% of youth suicides are from fatherless homes. 90% of all homeless and runaway children are from fatherless homes. The Centers for Disease Control and Prevention suggest that 85% of all children who show behavioral disorders come from fatherless homes. The International Journal on Criminal Justice and Behavior states that 80% of rapists with anger problems come from homes where a father is absent. And then 71% of all high school dropouts come from homes where fathers are absent. It, it is an epidemic in, in our country and, and worldwide and stuff. And because fathers, you, you have such a huge, huge role. And you have such the ability to speak life and truth and, and strength into your kids for them to go. And, and we are seeing over and over these statistics, over and over all get, <coughs> excuse me, gangs and, and all these horrible things that we see on the news. A lot of them come from the idea of fatherless homes. And, and I know that there are moms raising their kids, and they are doing a great job, and they've raised great kids. But there's, there's just this, I think God created for men to speak into men. And, and so tonight is about not just fathers, but it's father figures. It, it's about if, if you can invest in somebody, if you can be that person to speak into somebody. Um, if you're a father-to-be, which pretty much is every guy, that's why we gave them all out, even the really young ones. So it's father way to be. But better be. <laughs> but it's this idea that we can encourage and we can challenge one of those. And, and it was modeled for us. And this, this is the highest bar. John 3.16, you probably have all heard it. You probably all know it. You've seen it at football games. For God loved the world in this way. He gave his one and only son so that everyone who believes in him will not perish but have eternal life. It, it is the perfect picture of fatherhood that God gives us. Um, the very first thing, it says, so God, for God so loved the world that he gave. Fathers give. Uh, that 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 is the deal. We fathers are a father that is a good father. Is a father that gives of himself, of his time, of his resources, whatever it takes. He he gives, and that the, the second thing is the father's sacrifice. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. Now I'm not telling you to go out and like sacrifice your child. Some of you might. I'm just not suggesting it right now. But, <laughs> and I don't know if I could do that. I I. Honestly, if someone said, listen, you can save all these people if you give me one of your daughters to die. I'm sorry. <laughs> it's really bad to be you right now because I'm, I'm not giving my daughters. But that's exactly what God does. Fathers sacrifice. Fathers give. And it is this perfect model. And the honest truth is, is we all fall short of this. We do. Man, woman, every single one, we fall short of that standard that God has set. And it is by his grace and by the indwelling of his Holy Spirit that we can actually live and be this way. And we can become the people that God created us to be. That we were created to be people that give and people that sacrifice and everything. And so God is our model for this. And God says, I can help you do this. 
No matter what you've done in the past, no matter where you've been in the past, or what's happened, God's <coughs> God says today, I can make you into a father that you're supposed to be. Because I'm the father that I'm supposed to be. And that, that's the greatest, greatest comfort for all of us. Is that if you grew up without a father, and I know there's a lot of people that sit out there saying, I hate when you call God father because I had a bad father thing. Let me tell you something. God can replace that because he is a good, good father. And so I've, you know, I've had um, the heartbreak of bearing two fathers, one, one that left and then I met again when I was 30 and he passed away and my father that raised me. And, and I thought about like all the stuff that he's done. But, you know, Father's Day is cool for me with my daughters. But my wife asked me, says, you think about your dad. And I, and I do because I miss him so much. And it's in those moments where God reaches down and says, yes, but I'm, I'm your father. And so I, w- I want you to hear that tonight. That no matter what your past is, God is a good, good father. And he can make us into the people that he always means to do. So let, let's look at this idea of what these elements of fatherhood are and stuff. And again, I think this transcends not just fatherhood, but, but all of our lives and everything. But um, since it is Father's Day, you're going to get chewed out a lot. So no. Um, 1 Corinthians 16. Two quick verses, Paul says. He says and such a lot of information there. He says, be alert. Stand firm in faith, act like a man, be strong. Your every action must be done with love. Th- these are the elements of what fatherhood is. This, this is the elements of how we kind of live out our faith and how we stand up and, and invest in our kids and invest in the culture. And I, I got to tell you this, there are so many fatherless kids that all of us could be busy every single day of the week if we just looked and saw a kid and started investing in them. And, and if every one of us invested in two or three kids every week, I promise you it would change every issue that we have in our schools and in our communities right now. And so I think if we live these things out, that um, we, we can change culture, we can change everything. So the very first thing he says is be alert. Be alert. First Peter 5.8. First Peter 5.8, Peter writes, be serious, be alert. Your adversary, the devil, is prowling around like a roaring lion looking for anyone he can devour. Listen, I, I just want you to know that the enemy of God, the enemy of us as followers of Christ, has one idea and one idea only that he knows will destroy the church, will destroy society, will destroy everything. And it's if he destroys the family. He hates that we love one another. And he will throw every trap and every hole and every pitfall that he can in the way. That in our way, so that it, it just fails. From from the garden on, <coughs> Satan has been attacking the family. And, and I think more than anything, he's attacking men today. Listen, it is, it, it's amazing to me. If, if you read the statistics, if you look at it, it it'll say that if, if a child or a teenager accepts Jesus, 30% of the time, the rest of the family follows suit. If, if mom does, it, it ranks it well, it's like 25%. If mom does, it's about 30, 35% of the time. If dad does, 90% of the time the, follow, the family follows through. So who do you think is going to get the most attention? That's, we, we've got to be alert. There's so many pitfalls and there's so many things. And our enemy wants to destroy everything that is good in our life. Everything that points to God, our enemy wants to destroy. But, but God says, I mean, thank, thank God that God says, greater is he that's in you than he that's in the world. That, that my Jesus already beat him. We, we've already won. And so we just got to pay attention. 
We, we got to pay attention to, to what we're watching and what we're listening to and what we're reading and what we're pouring into ourselves. And we got to pay attention to what our kids are doing the same thing. It, it, it terrifies me that the number one addiction in the United States is pornography. And, and for a boy, it starts at age about 11. And for girls, it's starting about age 12 or 13 now. And, and so there, there are so many things. And so he says, be alert. Pay attention to surroundings. Pay attention to what's going on in your family. You know, I, I remember being a kid growing up at home, sitting at a table and having dinner with my mom and dad. And not being able to get up until we kind of talked about the day. And we did it to our kids. And it was so funny because we would sit there like, how was your day? Fine. Well, why was it fine? Because it was. Well, because it was why. And we'd, we'd torture them, but we'd make them sit there and talk. We don't, we don't do that anymore. I, I remember when we were on Young Life staff um, years ago, we would take kids to camp, and we would take kids from all kinds of different homes, but we would sit and have family meals every time, and we would just sit and invest in one another. And that was most of the kids left says, I have never done this before. We got to pay attention. We have to be alert. We have to be ready to see what's going on and, and not be afraid of it. Listen, I, I, I think it's our job to protect our kids, but not not to imprison them in some little like safe place that's not real. I, I think more than protecting, it's our job to prepare our kids. And we do that by being alert. The, the next thing he says is stand firm in the faith. 2 Timothy 2.15. Paul's writing to Timothy. He, he's giving him kind of marching, his mar- marching orders and everything. And he, he tells them, he says this, Be diligent to present yourself approved to God, a worker who doesn't need to be ashamed, correctly teaching the word of truth. Your version might say, <coughs> Study to show thyself approved. Can I say something? Do, do you know what you believe? Do you know why you believe it? Listen, the the the, the answer when, when our kids have tough questions or the people in our neighborhood have tough questions and struggle and pain and all that stuff in life, and we just look at them and says, well, Jesus loves you and has a plan for your life, does not resonate. It's true. But they want to know how you know that. I mean, it, it is so important for us to study and know what we believe and why we believe it. There are so many American Christians sitting in churches that sat in churches today that will walk out and have no idea what their church believes or what they believe or why Jesus even died or, or why, why he had to come or, or why we do this or, why we do, or any of this stuff. They just do it because this is what we've done. And then the person comes along or someone else comes along and says, hey, listen, I've got this great plan and this sounds really good. And we jump onto that. And we wonder, why Why do I feel so distant from God? If you don't know him, you can't stand firm in it. You, 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 can't, you, can't, you can't stand in, sink, in sinking sand. Yeah, and I know, so I was in the army, we'd have to march, we'd ruck march. And the worst place to march in Georgia was like in these places, it was just sand. And you may only go like 10 miles, but it felt like 50 because you're just drudging through. That's what our faith is like when we don't understand I'm telling you, the best way you can do that is just start diving into your, into God's word. Listen, my, my Bible says God will bring understanding. 
And, and my Bible professors always told me, he says, you don't read the Bible until you have a grasp on it. You read the Bible until it has a grasp on you. And so if you don't have a plan where you're studying God's word and you're doing that on your own time, then you're going to struggle. And it's going to be a problem. And it's going to be really hard for you to pass that faith on to another generation. And so, so we give out devotions, and we do Bible studies, and we offer apologetic classes, and we offer evangelism classes, and how we do that. And we do all that for the purposes that you need to know what you believe and why you believe it. I know the greatest struggle our kids have when they leave and go to college, and why all those statistics about them leaving, is that we have kind of like coddled them, and we've just told them, like, it's just about fun. And when real life hits them, they have no idea what their faith is to stand on. And the first challenge they get, they walk away from it. Listen, if you can understand what you believe and why you believe it, nothing you do. There's not a person on this earth that can change my mind about who Jesus is. Because I know him. I know what he's done for me. And, and I say, and our faith isn't just some kind of stupid, crazy faith. It is a logical faith that makes sense. God makes sense. If we will just take time. And so, so stand firm in your faith. And you stand by diving to his word. Listen. If you go to church just to sit there to be preached at. This may be the wrong place for you. <laughs> because it's my, according to my Bible it says that I'm just supposed to equip the saints for the work. I'm supposed to just give you everything that I can. And just help you to succeed. Because it is you that goes out and changes the world. We get to do it all together, and so we, we've got to stand firm in our faith. We, we, have, we have to understand that God wants you to know him. It's not hard. I, I, in so, so many places, man, this, it breaks my heart because I, I've gone to churches and I've been in places where we've made it so hard to know God. And it's not hard. Listen, if, if you never read your Bible, just grab it this week. Go to 1 John and just read 1 John, 2 John, and 3 John. It's, it's like six chapters all together, all three books. And just keep reading it over and over and hear how much God loves you and how much he cares for you. And as you do that and you fall in love with his word, you're going to want to know more about him. And the more you know about him, let me tell you something, you're going to be able to stand. I, I love that in Ephesians 6 where it talks about putting on the full armor of God. Before it says that, Paul says, and after you've done everything, then stand. Church, we need, we, need, we need dads, we need men, we need women that will stand on their faith and not be shaken. That will be able to point out saying, now that's wrong, that's a lie, that's not the truth. And do it in a way that's loving and believable and honest and say, this is why. And the only way we do that is when we really do know what we believe and why we believe it. And if, you're, if, you, if you're here tonight saying, man, I don't, I, I want to know. Come talk to me. I, I will connect you with somebody or I will sit down with you. We'll go. I, I had one student one time. He's like, I want to really know what I believe. I'm like, all right, we'll meet every week and we'll do this. And this is what you have to do. And three weeks in, he showed up and didn't do this stuff. I said, we're not meeting anymore because you're not serious about this. If you're serious about it, then let, let's go on this journey. Because uh, like I said, our goal here at this church is not not a thousand members, but a hundred missionaries. People that know what they believe and are going out and changing the world. And it only happens when we stand firm in our faith because we, <clears throat> because we know. The next one, he says, be strong and courageous. And it says, you know, act like a man. And, you know, I tried to figure out how many times that's in the Bible. Hundreds of times that either take courage, be of courage, be strong and courageous, don't fear, be courageous. And everything. 
hundreds and hundreds of times. God says, just be strong, be courageous. I've got your back. I, I'm here. I, one, Joshua 1, seven. This entire chapter, like four times, God's talking to Joshua. He's taking over the Israelites. Moses has died. Joshua's now in charge. And, and, and he's talking to Joshua. And Joshua has to fill Moses' shoes, which nobody would want to do. It would be like, like if Billy Graham passed through this church before him. Like, I'm taking that job. <laughs> That's, that ain't going to happen. <laughs> and so Joshua's there. And God, over and over, in verse 7, he says, Above all, of everything else, be strong. And very courageous to carefully observe the whole instruction my servant Moses command you. Do not turn from the right or to the left so that you will have success wherever you go. Be strong. Be courageous. Be a man. We have a world filled with boys that won't take responsibility for their actions. That, that won't stand up and say, this is what I believe and I'm going to stand on that. That will kind of just go wherever it goes and just want, like, it's all about me. It's all about me and I just want to have fun. We have a world full of that. What we need is a bunch of men that will stand up and say, I'm going to be strong. I'm going to be courageous. I'm going to be a man. Because what I was taught is a man, a man is someone that takes responsibility. A man is someone that gives of himself, that sacrifices himself. So a man is someone that says, whatever it costs for my family to succeed, I will pay that price. That, that's a man. And God says, be strong and courageous because I'm always with you. I'm standing right there with you. When you fall down and mess up, <clears throat> and every dad messes up. Listen, children, students, you're hard. <laughs> you're a pain. <laughs> you didn't come with instruction manuals. The only instruction manual ever written was written by Mark Twain. And he says, when you're a little kid, put them in a barrel. Feed them through the hole. <laughs> When they become a teenager, plug the hole. <laughs> we don't do that. But it's hard. And so we do the best we can. And we make mistakes. And, and guys, we're prideful. You know, that's why I gave you a compass. Because we don't want to ask directions. <laughs> but dads, men, I'm telling you, God is standing there. And when we fall down, God's like, I have grace for that. Be strong and be courageous. Show these young men that are running around over here what it looks like to be a man. Listen, like I said, we, we did youth ministry for 30 years. And so and it's it's really sad right now because I get emails and, and Facebook posts from all these kids that we know like years and now they have kids. Like one of one one of our kids live in Gainesville and it's like, Oh, my girl's a senior in high school. I'm like, Oh gosh, don't tell me that. <laughs> I feel dead i'm old it's just getting bad and everything but i started getting emails like years ago from like kids that had gone in families and and they would they would write me and say tony i don't remember one thing you preached and i'm like i'm like that's awesome i'm so glad i spent all those time preparing those messages and doing this and i said but what i remember what what i remember is that you you loved your wife and you loved your kids like I never saw before, and I want to be a dad and a husband like that. And it is the greatest, and I'm not trying to pat myself, but it is the greatest compliment I could ever receive. Because there was a day when my kids were like on my feet, and I was preaching and dragging around because they went everywhere with me. And if one of those kids said something off color or something wrong to my kids, it was no, I was no longer their pastor, I was their executioner. And if someone disrespected my wife, I guarantee you that I stood up and said, no, this is not going to happen. 
Now, I messed up a lot. I, they weren't always first. But God's grace covers that. And he says, be strong, be courageous. Don't, don't be a quitter. Don't ever give up on your kids. Mom or dad, don't ever give up on your kids. I, I've got a daughter that lived the entire life of, like, I don't want to be a pastor's kid. I'm like, but you were living the stereotype to a T. I mean, she did everything she could just to be crazy and wild and all this stuff. And, and I love her. And we just said, God, we're just doing the best we can. And I got to sit at lunch today and look at both of my daughters. I said, the greatest gift I have is I have two daughters that are running after Jesus. They have no goals in their life. One wants to end orphans and one wants to end human trafficking. I'm like, I wish we would raise the bar. <laughs> but in all my messes, just mistakes as a dad, God's grace covered. And we never gave up. So be strong and be courageous. Because we have a God that stands with us. We have a father that is good and a father that is bigger than everybody else's dad. And so there's nothing to fear on this planet. There's nothing this planet can do to a follower of Christ. For me to live is to be as Christ, which means I'm going to suffer. I'm going to have to For me to die, man, I'm in, I'm in glory. I get to stand with Jesus and just feel sorry for all of you. And so be strong, be courageous. And, and then the final thing, do everything in love. I, I love these verses, 1 Corinthians 13. And, and you've probably heard them. And I think it's so funny that we, we always, we, we preach these and we say these at weddings. But did you know these verses were written to the church? The, these verses, this entire passage, this love chapter was about how the church, how we should treat one another. Not husband and wife, but as, as human beings and followers of Christ and the family of Christ, this is how we should treat. And I love that Paul says, who... Like, most of the New Testament is written by Paul. And, and all these amazing things that Paul did and accomplished. And he says, listen, if I speak human or angelic languages, but do not have love, I'm a sounding gong or a clanging cymbal. I'm just a noisemaker if I don't have love. And unfortunately, we have a lot of parents in our world today that are noisemakers. He says, if, if I have the gift of prophecy and if I understand all mysteries and all knowledge and if I have faith so that I can move a mountain but do not have love, I am nothing. If I donate all my goods to feed the poor, if I give my body in order to boast but do not have love, I gain nothing. Everything we do is based in love. <clears throat> and know how we know that? Because that's how the Father modeled it. For God so loved if you want to know why God has done anything in the Bible, if you want to know what the entire Bible, all of it breaks down to the most theologically correct doctrinal statement that can be, it is those words, for God so loved. And everything we do has to be based in love. And, and, and not, not a love that the world promotes today, not a love that says, what can I get out of it? But a love is like, what can I give away? A love that says it, no sacrifice is too great. No, no, no hardship, no, no question, no need, no, nothing is too great. That's a love, a, a God-given love. And, and I believe God gives us a glimpse of his love and a glimpse of what it takes to love people when he gives his kids. And every time I start questioning 
and I look at my kids and they drive me crazy and I'm sitting here. God just reminds me, he's like, how do you think I feel about you? <laughs> and I'm reminded it is a good thing that I'm not God <laughs> or it would be just me because <laughs> I wouldn't have patience with anybody else. God's grace fills us and his love fills us. And so everything we do is out of love. that love covers a multitude of mistakes and, and, and so tonight yes be alert pay attention to what's going on pay attention to what's happening in the world around you pay attention to what the enemy is setting before you listen sometimes you know I said this a few weeks ago I think I tweeted it or something it's like sometimes we get blessed so much that it's not from God it's not God blessing it's the devil distracting If you are unsure of anything, if you're like, I got a question about this, all you got to do is look at God's word, because if it doesn't match up to that, it's not of God. I promise you that. But, but be alert. Stand firm. Know what you believe, and then stand on it. Listen, I've got the end of the story. We win. The, the day is coming when Jesus will return. Every knee will bow. Every tongue will confess that he's Lord. No matter where you, you can sit here today, oh, I don't believe in Jesus. You will one day. I promise you, because everyone will. And we win, and he's going to reset the kingdom, and everything's going to be perfect and beautiful again. And, 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 and I want that. And because of that, there is nothing this world can do to me. So stand firm. I don't care what the news says. I don't care what culture says. They don't know Jesus. And they're acting just like it. <laughs> so don't let it bother you because we win. But understand why. Understand why. Listen, don't ever take my word for anything. Go home. Read the Bible and come back. If I'm wrong, tell me. Check me. But stand firm. Be, be strong and courageous. Listen, my dad's bigger than every other dad. Your dad's bigger than every other dad. Be strong and courageous. We are more than conquerors. Romans 8. You, you want to read a good chapter of the Bible, read Romans 8. We are more than conquerors. Nothing can separate us from the love of God. He, he's there. He's, he's perfect in, in, in every way. And then finally, just do it in love. If it's not based in love, it's, it's just noise. If we do that as dads, if we do that as moms, if we just do this as people, it, it'll change everything. I love Charles Spurgeon, one of my other favorite preachers, says, train up a child in the way he should go, but be sure you go that way yourself. That, that's our challenge tonight, that we would live a life, we would live a life that would pass our faith on to our kids. That we would live a life that would pass our faith on to the to our neighbors and, and to our community and pass them because I'm telling you, I like I said, I was a youth pastor thirty years. There are thousands and thousands and thousands of kids that live here that is looking for someone to show them some truth, love, and grace. And my prayer is that we are that church. 
And I, I got to meet with other pastors this week, and we, we got together and prayed. It's the first time pastors have gotten together here, I don't know in how long. And we start praying for each other, and it's awesome. We're meeting once a month, and it's their prayer too, that we become a place that shows truth, love, and grace, that people see God. And when they see God, lives are changed. But if we live this way, it, it will change everything for us. It will change this community. It will change our families. Wouldn't that be awesome? Of all the things that we see on TV, and we've had, you know what? We, we've had a rough couple of weeks. And, and I am so proud of so many of my Christian brothers and sisters that have stepped up even in the midst of just like this is your fault and this is horrible and that you hate people saying in the midst of that just loving people and, and, and doing this stuff and standing firm and saying this is why we do it. Now I was talking to a lady the other day and talking about we were going telling her about like this block party we we're going to do. And she's like why would you do that? Why, why would you guys go and do that? Or why are you doing your this vacation Bible camp for free and stuff? I said because Jesus loves you. And he loves me. And so I love you. I have no other choice. That's what happens when God takes control. And so, so my prayer for us tonight is that, yeah, you're encouraged. And that you know how much you're appreciated, dads. And that young men, you look in this room and you see the men and you say, that's, I'm going to be that. I'm going to be a man. And I'm going to be the person that stands firm and, and passes on my faith. And, and I'm going to do that. But we do it out there and not just in here. That, that we go out there and we live our faith in such a way. Now, I'm, I'm overwhelmed. Every, every, it seems like every couple of weeks I end up in Hebrews 11. And my, I love Hebrews 11. If you've never read it, it's the whole faith heroes and stuff, Abraham, Moses, all these great guys. But my favorite part is the end of the chapter where it says all these people <coughs> that are unnamed, that died and were tortured and did all stuff, the world was not worthy of them. And my prayer for my life and for my kids to see and for this community to see is that I live a life that is not worthy of this world, but only for God's glory. And my prayer is that's what you find tonight. And so tonight, listen, we're going to take a chance when we're, we're going to respond and we're going to give you a sign just to look in these areas. And maybe you've struggled. Maybe you've sat here like, man, I've, I've blown some things. And God's grace covers that. Every day is a new day. Every day is a new day with God. Every day is a new chance. And, and so if you've struggled in any of these areas, moms, dads, all of us, if you're like, man, this is the person I want to be. It starts with just knowing that there's a God that loves you so much that not only made you, he died for you. That verse, for God so loved the world, for God so loved, put your name in there, that he gave his only begotten son, that whoever would believe in him would not die, but have everlasting life. It, it comes with us acknowledging that I need a savior. And that, that's our common ground, isn't it? That no matter where we are from or what we've done, everything, every single one of us needs a savior. And I'm here to tell you tonight, that's Jesus. And all it takes is, God, I know I need you. Forgive my sins. Come into my life and make me into the man or the woman that you created me to be. It's that easy. It starts there. 
or, or maybe it's just like, you know what, I've forgotten some of this stuff, and, and I just I need to dive in more. What, whatever God is doing tonight, we just want to give you a chance to respond. Just let God speak. He talks so much better than me anyway. But just in the quiet, and, and, and in that, listen, it, we, we just believe in freedom here. And so if, if God is calling, you need to go pray. I love we have our prayer room right over here. And you can write little prayer requests or, or praises on there. I went in there this week again and just started praying through them. And, and just the amazing, that wall starting to fill with little cards. You, you can put it on the wall. If you want to take communion, just remember what Christ did for you. It's always available. If you want to worship and say, God, I trust you with everything. So here's, here's my tithes and my offering. And we think that's worship. Listen, we don't pass a plate here. Because I don't want you to give unless God puts it on your heart. And so if God's leading you and says, listen, I, I want to trust God, I'm gonna, we have offering. If you want to pray with me, man, I'll be right over there, right around the corner. You can come over there, we'll sit and we'll pray together. Whatever it is that God's doing, let him do that. Don't leave tonight with unfinished business. It's the worst, the worst feeling in the world is walking out of place and saying, I wish I would have. Don't, don't be a wish I would have person tonight. Let, let God do his work. I'm going to pray for us and then we're just going to let God speak. Let's pray.